Hello, everybody. It's Friday, TGIF. Welcome to the show. It is time to head back to the window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. There you go. I, I, I thought you might have been still taking a nap there, buddy. Nice to, nice to have you. Eric, St- yep, good to be here. Eric Stiles in the house says LFG. Uh, I understand, Scott, that stands for let's fucking go. Yes, that is correct. All right, all right. Uh, top of the afternoon to Nathan Cerna. What's going on, buddy? Good to have you guys here. It's Friday. You and I talked about it just before we came on the air. It's weird to just be doing one show, Scott. It seems like, you know, the end of the weeks, for the last couple of weeks, we've been just doubling up, tripling up, if you will, last Wednesday. Yesterday, we doubled up. Just one show today, but remember, we will be doing the... Uh, we will be doing our NFL show tomorrow, regular time, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Uh, T-Train in the house is good afternoon, uh, Ooey Pooey fans. Uh, absolutely, Ooey Pooey did their thing. Uh, going well under the total. That's a bad That's a bad basketball team there, buddy. Just saying. If they score 50, they have a parade. Yeah, they really do. Happy Friday to you, Joan, as well. Ben Campbell feels a little uh, windy with the I like that with the W I N all in caps. Jacob Houston in the house. Fuck Taysom Hill. He's terrible. We told you he was terrible, and he's fucking terrible. He's not good, Scott. Not a good quarterback. I kind of like him. You like him? We have fa- money on Dallas. I kind of like. Yeah, him. to fade him. My God, you know, and both of those quarterbacks. That was that was a clinic on. Terrible quarterback play in the second half. I don't know if Dak was hurt. Um, Taysom Hill's terrible, so he's that's his excuse. Well, Hill has an issue with his finger, so he might get surgery. But my main takeaway was my my question for you is maybe even growing up when you were playing pickup football or just watching, have you ever seen a player with a splint on his finger throw the football well? No, no, that's never happened. They uh, they must. Because my only takeaway for the entire game was every single play, handoff or throw, Hill's messing with his finger. You could tell he clearly can't grip the ball. He can't throw it. You really couldn't bring Trevor Simeon in for a snap of that game? Really? Yeah, you tweeted that out. They must really hate Trevor Simeon. And that's the only thing I They must I really do. hate him. <laughs> Jacob Houston said, I guess his foot was okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess his plantar fasciitis, that wasn't the problem. Magellan Sports likes a little uh, alternative puck line there with the Oilers tonight, minus two and a half, plus three hundo. I don't hate that. Um, definitely something not right with Zeke. Yeah, he. I talked about that on a couple of my previews yesterday in this game about how they'd kind of taken him, not out of the running rotation, but they'd really scaled back his workload, definitely in the less than 10 carries per game. I don't know. What did, what did he end up with last night, Scott? Uh, well, game flow definitely helped, so he picked up a couple extra ones late. He had right. the first down carry at the end uh, for, I believe, a game high. What was it, 10 yards on the dot? Mm-hmm. That first down carry that he had to yep. end the game? Yep. But it wasn't pretty. The truth is it was really annoying watching Dallas just call plays because they couldn't run the ball for pretty much the entire game with the exception of the Pollard pitch play that went for a touchdown. Right. And yet every time I look up, it's first down, and Elliott's in the game. Yeah. You realize that Pollard's the better running back, right? Yeah, of course. Like Elliot can't move. Yep. When when he went to the ten, I thought I was in the rocking chair. Yeah, no kidding. Um, mm-hmm. Dallas Dallas is always drama, and I love Dallas. I, yeah, they're 
that's they're they're the real housewives of, of football. But they weren't impressive yesterday, but they beat up on a team that if Hill was starting the whole season long, would probably win five games. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Hey, let's get to it, man. We've got a big, we got a big show today. Of course, we want to remind everybody that's out there to like and subscribe. Show the show proof that you've been here. That's uh, I guess that's I guess that's what success is measured is measured in these days, Scott. Right? As far as social media goes, you got to get the you got to get the people to like you. You like Sally Fields. You like me. You really really like me. So do that. Hit the. Hit- I've always fallen behind. When it comes to the numbers of social media, right? I'm, I just go by happiness. Are, are you happy? Yeah, I feel pretty good. Dan Quinn loves trying to blow fourth quarter leads. I texted you in the fourth quarter. I almost texted you. It was right before the play. I was I had it ready to send and said, "Is there any doubt how this ends?" As New Orleans was driving to uh, cut it to three, the way we'd been running on the farm, you you, you just knew they were going to go the length of the football field to, into the prevent defense. Score a touchdown, cut it to three, and screw us. But that's not what happened because Hill was bad enough to overcome that. Well, truth so. is, the play that I thought that decided the game, I believe, was the first play of the fourth quarter. It was third and two. They ran the quarterback power about five plays in a row for maybe 35 yards. And Sean Payton goes for a play-action bootleg with a quarterback who can't throw the ball and Parsons sacked them for about negative 11 yards, and they had to punt. So I thought that decided the game. I thought Peyton was atrocious yesterday. You're running an unstoppable play for about seven yards a play. You really had to call play action on third and two. Run the damn ball with Taysom Hill. He's got to show everybody. Run it twice. He's, he's, he just One of these coaches has to show everybody what a genius he is. Andy Reid suffers from that, that too. happened twice. Uh, the drive before that, Sean Payton decided to throw the ball on first and 10 after 30 yards of running. And they were down in the in the they were behind the downs and they had to punt again. Yep. So I give Sean Payton yesterday an F. I thought he was terrible. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of bad coaches, Dan Quinn getting roasted in the comment section right now. Uh, T undefeated with the Cowboys. T train undefeated. T train says how much he loves Dan Quinn because of course T train is a Patriots fan. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, um. Yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about Purdue here in a minute. So people talking about Purdue, I like that Purdue team, Scott. That's that's a good team. That's a good basketball team. They can when you I don't I, when you've got an inside outside game like that. Uh, I don't know how you beat them. Yeah, I, really I, I we'll talk about the game in a bit. Ben, I'll disagree with you on your point though. Uh, you think that Florida State could potentially be better than Iowa? They're not. Florida State's not very good. Uh, I watched them play against Tulane. Barely won that game. Iowa can actually score. They beat Virginia on the road. I know they're without Garza and company, but they still got Bohannon for about the 40th year. They have a couple other forwards who are decent. Iowa's better than Florida State. They might not be good enough to cover this number, but they are better than Florida State. By the way, hello to Ben. Hello to Jer Silky Man. Look at that. I got it right on the first try. Probably be the only time I get it right all day. With, uh, happy Friday, man. All right, Scott, let's talk about it. Let's uh let's uh uh by the by the way, uh, I forgot to I forgot to put it up and I told you I'd surprise you with this. This is a uh, we do want you to we do want you to like and subscribe, or of course there will be consequences uh, mm-hmm. if you do not. Oh, and the, oh, of course I misspelled it. Rachel right, will come to your house and, and teach you the thirteen different ways to spell Hanukkah. So nice, definitely like and subscribe there, guys. All right, let's find out who took it in the shorts list yesterday. There was a there's been some there's been some chat in the in the comments section already about what are some of the candidates to the and there was definitely a, there was definitely some contenders. Scott, let's find out. 
who's picking up their cell phone and dialing 911 on the Friday edition of Call the Cops. All right, sir. Well, we will uh, we'll get our we'll get our cops started as we take a look in the uh, NFL little uh, little team total, Scott. If you had the Dallas Cowboys under twenty six and a half, what the fuck were you thinking? I, I gave out I gave out the overs, my play of the day. I came to you, I put it out there. I said, here, this is the play that's going to win, and you went, no, 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 fuck that. We're playing the under twenty six and a half. Well, you got what you deserve because. You thought you were going to win. You thought you were going to fade me correctly. But no, they had 20 points, less than three minutes left. They don't even have the ball. The Saints, they threw a pick six, but that doesn't do that justice because I don't know who he was trying to hit if he wasn't trying to hit the defensive end. It was a beautiful pass right to him. Cowboys finished with 27. That's right. You had to sweat the extra point. Went right down the middle zero line. Thank you very much. If you faded me and had the under 26 and a half, ha-ha, you got what was coming to you. Call the cops. And looking at another bad beat in hockey, if you had the Blues and Lightning under 5.5, you had two goals going into the third period. And with Vasilevsky in net, you're usually in good shape. However, that didn't stop the Lightning from scoring a couple of goals. You ended up with four goals in the third period alone, and the game landed six. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. And staying on the ice, if you had the Buffalo Sabres, Plus one and a half on the reverse puck line playing the Panthers. You led 4-1 with less than eight minutes left in the second period. So you're better than halfway through the game. You've got a 4-1 lead and you're catching a goal in the half. What could possibly go wrong? Well, I'll tell you what could go wrong. You could have some terrible play in between the pipes, Scott, because this Panthers reeled off six unanswered goals. They uh, covered the puck line with a goal to spare as the Sabres lost 7-4. to four. Call the cops. I'm just imagining that. You have a four-goal cushion with less than a period and a half to go. 28 minutes. And they that's just a disaster. 28 minutes. It's all you got to do. You just don't give up a goal basically, what, every seven minutes? And you're fine. Pretty you, much. You fucking yeah. win. All right. So... The good news was there were some people that were in the place you want to be. Let's uh, let's find out who had the golden tickets last night. Who was sitting in the rocking chair? So the first one was in the NBA. If you had the Bucks and Raptors under two sixteen, you must have felt better about it once Giannis was ruled out for the game. But you had three quarters with less than fifty points, and the game landed one ninety. It's tough. It's tough. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm just. I'm gearing it up for for this one right here. Sorry. Are we go, are we going back to the NBA of everybody might be resting, so playing accordingly? Oh God. Because we had Giannis not playing yesterday. Paul George didn't play yesterday. It seemed like a lot of teams decided to just. You know what? Who cares? It's December. We got Christmas around the corner. Let's give these guys a day off. It's not as bad as last year when they were doing the same thing, but then you that had, was a disaster. Then you had the year. the COVID specter where they would cancel, I don't know what, two or three college basketball games a night. You'd have guys sitting out all of a sudden that tested positive. It was a mess. So yeah, it's been it's been a challenging couple of seasons to handicap for sure, Scott. And that yeah, the whole last minute injury thing we bitched about it last year. That doesn't appear to be getting any better. Um, so yeah, okay. All right, I've, I've avoided it long enough. I got to talk about it. 
Um, as many as you know, I'm, many of you know, I'm a uh, alumni of the University of Missouri, Columbia, proud Tiger. Uh, not necessarily. Were they playing yesterday? Liberty, 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 Liberty. Or? Good enough. Liberty? Liberty, Liberty. There you go. Liberty not that good this year, Scott. We had even talked about this game. Uh, I, I believe I foolishly said perhaps the Tigers were a bit undervalued in this spot. Maybe five and a half points, five points, whatever you got of that. That might be something you want to look into. Well, that was fucking... I said the under, so that was where I was going with well, it. Well, good for you. Cause, uh, Thank you. This game was 33-7, Scott, with about mm, eight minutes left in the first half. Mizzou had seven, seven points. They had been lucky enough to kick the extra point, but that was about it. Fucking nothing. Nothing went right in this game. Liberty, again, not good. Not a good basketball team. Mizzou never in this one. They led. Uh, they trailed by 21 at halftime. Uh, Liberty took their foot off the gas. Still won by 21 as they finished it up 66-44. Fuck, if you had Liberty there, if you had the under, if you faded Mizzou, God bless you, you were, you were all over the rocking chair. And looking at the last one in college basketball, first of all, because of the margin that this ended up winning at, you know that the... Odds makers were drunk. Must have been pretty good uh, for today's video. And, but, and I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Because you know... Yeah, if, that too. If you but, know, because if those games didn't land here, we got to have something special. Go yeah. Ahead. So we're looking at Northern Arizona and Weber State. If you had the under 144, you only had 46 points in the first half. So you're in a good shape unless you go to triple overtime. They did not. And the game landed 111. Yeah, very good. All right, let's, let's talk about it because we've got... We've got a, cu a couple that we just absolutely need to discuss. So we're gonna we're gonna do our segments here, and then we'll just we'll break down the game. We'd like to just do a marathon of breaking down games. But Scott, I'll tell you what. Yesterday, there was a lot of this going around, but I have to say this this one takes the cake. In uh, I'm not you know it's it was and it would be hard to be mad. It's it's hard to be mad, but man, am I disappointed. <laughs> All right, they almost got they got the double. Um, they kind of deserve the double, don't they? Yeah. Um, I'll let it you. was so bad it could have been it could have been donkey of the day. That's how bad it was. I'll let you do this one. So everyone knows which game we're going to talk about, but we got to talk about it. The Memphis Grizzlies were missing John Morant for their game yesterday, and Oklahoma City decided we'll make it fair. We're going to not play Shea Gildress Alexander. We'll see what happens here with some bench players getting more minutes. And apparently Memphis's bench is a lot better than Oklahoma City's bench because the Thunder lost by an NBA record 73 points, which is the margin you'd see when the United States plays against Uganda in <laughs> basketball in the Olympics or FIBA or something. 73 points in an NBA game? Really? That's... That's that's ridiculous. It's almost impossible to do. Yes, it, it it does. It boggles the mind. And, you know, you and I talked about this. I think almost the 73 points is certainly amazing. Um, just about as amazing. This game went over. So they had, what they put up 79, right? The Grizzlies had 79. Yeah. Or, I mean, the Thunder had 79 points. So you had one team score 79 points and it went over the total, which I think was in the 220s, right? You I'll see. tell you an even more fun statistic here. Oklahoma City scored 79 points. If you throw out the first half offensively for the Grizzlies, if they scored zero points they, in the first half. They still lost. 
They still would have won the game. They scored 80 <laughs> points in the second half compared to Oklahoma City, 79 for the entire game. That's outstanding. That's that's just fantastic right there. That's the type of game where you can make an argument that Oklahoma City should be demoted to the G League and they should have some relegation system because that is next-level bad. Very good. Yeah, that's it's it, we had to we had to mention it. That game was just outrageous. So, uh, oh, Brad, get- by the way, I thought about including that for a bad beat. That was almost going to be donkey of the day because of that awful foul call late. I couldn't call it a bad beat though because I'm pretty sure Utah State was laying. So I don't know if I can call that a bad beat, but calling a foul like that, 85 feet from the basket with about 0.4 on the clock. That is a really bad job by the referees there. So I'll acknowledge that, Brad. I didn't put it on call the cops because it was a tie game at the time, but that was such an abysmal call. I don't know if you saw that, but that was a terrible call. I saw, I saw the, uh, I saw the replay of it. I didn't, I didn't see it live. But how about the coaches not shaking hands after the game? Like Utah State's coach refused to shake hands with the St. Mary's coach. What did the St. Mary's coach do? What would he do? The referees made the bad call. Shake the guy's hand. Yeah, show a little class. Act like you've been there before. That's all I'm saying. Happens. People, you know yeah. what? It just it happens. So all right. Um the odds makers definitely had some uh, had some cocktails yesterday, Scott. There was a couple of lines that made no sense. And uh this one The Grizzlies game was one of them, but we saved that for the other segment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But let's find out why, why, why were the odds makers so drunk today? So you've got a team in uh, the uh, Portland Trailblazers, and I don't want to say they're a one-man band, but they certainly, uh, I would say Damian Lillard uh, has an outsized presence in that team. So he's not going to play the game against the San Antonio Spurs. Now, the Spurs, obviously not a great basketball team. However, they were still five-point underdogs against the Blazers, even without Lillard playing That Blazers team, by the way, not great, and certainly not great on defense. Uh, The Spurs, they didn't uh, didn't need your five points. They say, uh, no, uh, uh, thank you, I'll just play these. They went outright by 31 points. Scott, congratulations to the Spurs, beating the number by 36. Oddsmakers, what the hell were you thinking? Damian Lillard, pretty important. I I get that Portland's very good at home, but of course Lillard struggled this year. He's still clearly your best player. Portland isn't a good basketball team, and I hated their moves during the offseason. They now got rid of, I believe it was the GM yesterday. That's you know you're bad at your job, when you don't know if they got fired because of the product they put on the court or because of off-the-court issues. That's how you know you're really bad at your job, when you don't know the reason why the person was actually fired. But Portland is just a terrible basketball team. I mean, the Billups hire so far hasn't worked out. Your main offseason move was signing Larry Nance, like getting Larry Nance Jr. Like, give me a break. Your team's just bad. Yep, yep. Hey, good to see Donald Hatch in the house. J.R. Black is here as well. Eula Foster is uh, is hanging out as well with us on Friday. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a... Uh, I, I, yeah, that's, that's a franchise that I really thought, Scott, last year. I thought they were on the verge of maybe doing something, maybe being able to be competitive there in the West. And they've taken not just a step backwards. It seems like they've taken about nine steps backwards, so... They completely lost me when they traded Gary Trent for Norman Powell. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't. I I like Trent and I like Powell. I think they're both, you know, pretty similar players, honestly. But 
I just thought that you're looking at your overall roster. You can't stop a nosebleed. You can't really do anything on the defensive end. And you thought your problem was Gary Trent Jr.? Right. Really? Yeah. That was the issue you thought you needed to address? Mm, yeah. not the. Not... Well, that was from last year, but yeah, switching coaches didn't change much. The overall roster isn't very good. Jacob Houston would like to know if there's any value on the Western Kentucky team total over 37 and a half at minus 125. Well, I gave it out uh, at minus 110 for the college show. Reminder, we already filmed the college show. So check that one out if you want some college picks for the weekend. I still like the over because Western Kentucky with Zappi has really just walked into 40 burgers every single week for the last month and a half. Scored 46 against UTSA earlier this year. I do think 37 and a half, of course, seems high. It's really not. This game might get into the 80s. You? Yeah, I'm, I I just can't. You know, there's maybe some word out there, Scott. There's like a handicapper good enough to go, you know, this this point to some statistics say this is going to happen. This is going to happen. I like the under in this game. I'm not that guy. I see a Western Kentucky offense that just hasn't been stopped. Bailey's You're going to think that the under might have value when you see the line, and then you'll watch the first drive and just see Zappy throwing it around the parking lot, and you'd realize I've made a horrible mistake about two minutes into the game, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly right. You think, oh, my God, you know, just because you, when you see a number in the 70s, you know that it just takes – you know, a couple of dry drives, a couple of long drives with a turnover, a punt. You're like, oh, fuck, we're golden. And you start watching that Western Kentucky game, and you're like, oh, my God, these guys are never going to be stopped. Zappi has thrown 52 touchdown passes on the season. I think the most incredible stat he's thrown, he's thrown at least three touchdown passes in every game this year. That's just, that's mind-boggling to me. Uh, it is a true road game, so I do think the defense will have moments for UTSA, but as a whole... It's really a you-can't-stop-but-can-you-contain philosophy because Western Kentucky, when you're number two in the whole nation in points per game, you're clearly doing something that defenses can't handle. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you say, well, UTSA, they're way better than the other teams in the in Conference USA. Fair enough point. However, uh, Zappi threw for the most yards he has all season long against who? UTSA, 528 the last time they played. And by the way... They were also average, able to average over five yards a carry, and that's a team that doesn't run the ball at all. They run the team, they run the ball second least in the country um, to uh, only Mississippi State. Only Mississippi State throws the ball more than Western Kentucky. So, uh, and they were still able to have success on the ground against UTSA. I, I don't know how they get stopped. If you if you play the under here and you hit it, God bless you. You're way fucking smarter than I am, Scott. I don't know if it's a matter of smart or it's a matter of just having more guts than I do, but it's over a pass here. I took the the single team total over because UTSA has some issues with health for their quarterback. Harris left last week's game. He should play in this one, but I am curious if he's a bit compromised, which is why I think the line has moved so much for a road team because, of course, this is being played in UTSA's backyard. But I'm looking at the offense. It's just too attractive to not take an over for a team total. Yeah, I, to I totally agree. And uh, Ben points out something interesting, and I kind of, with with, in, in, uh, even though I, I wrote these, uh, I wrote these numbers, and I knew how many he had. I had uh, fifty two touchdowns. Yeah, I totally, uh, I totally forgot about the fact he's only eight eight away from Burrow. Because you think of that number as being that sixty is just being so far out there. 
and mm-hmm. Bailey Zappi has a what what would you give his odds on on tying the record, Scott, of throwing eight touchdown passes in this game in the bowl game? In this game in the bowl game, I think he's got a decent shot at it because I'm trying to think of who Western Kentucky would realistically play in a bowl game. A team from what, the Mac? Yeah. Roman the Bahamas Bowl again? Like you're I don't think you're running up against a good defense. No. So I do think he could go for four or five in the bowl game. So I do think that indoors against the defense that got absolutely torched by North Texas last week, I think he's a good chance to go for five in this game. I agree. Brad Crawford said it would be awesome to see Notre Dame squeak into the playoffs and new coach Freeman lead them to the national championship. Karma, baby. F. Brian Dickhead Kelly. I like how he uh, annotates fuck, but spells out dickhead in all caps. Uh, I do like that balance that he kept in that. Not a fan of Kelly. I hate that guy, says Brad Crawford. So I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Kelly for the separate reasons, whether it involved the guy filming the practice who didn't really live to tell the story about it. Uh, you had whatever happened with him ditching the players at 7 a.m. And he had the issue about Robert Sala and uh, LaFleur, if you heard that story. You, you hear that story? No. What was the deal? So they were, I believe it was grad assistants when he was coaching at, I think it was Central Michigan at the time. And he invited them to show up for some type of gathering, a party, something at his place. So they showed up and they were assuming that they were got invited to the party they were going to hang out and Kelly threw them car keys outside the house and said, you guys are doing valet tonight. And then he closed the door behind them. God. So he forced them to park cars without telling them they were going to park cars. Not exactly a nice guy. Brian Kelly is. No, no, that's just, uh, God damn. I would not be happy. I would not be happy. Um, Somebody wanted to know Western Kentucky first half. Yeah, I, I I have a hard time. Like, I don't mind it, but if you're going to take him there, just take him full game, because I do think the home crowd would at least provide a spark for a little while. Well, they're they're fourth in the country in scoring. They're seventh in the country in first half scoring. So take with that with you. Just say, why wouldn't you just take them full game if you think they're going to roll early? Take it. Well, I'll take them all. Um, and, you know, good. It took, and I, I will say that it took them it took them a half to get rolling last week. And boy, once they got rolling, they got rolling indeed. 47 points in the second half. Uh, Scott, thoughts on the Rangers tonight? Took care of business last time out. Uh, I think that they're a good hockey team, as much as it pains me to say it, because, of course, I'm an Islanders fan. But San Jose played yesterday, went to overtime, ended up beating the Islanders. Shocker, they beat the Islanders. Who would have thought? But that game went to overtime. So I do like the Rangers in regulation here. I do think that the Rangers are the better overall team. San Jose is a team that I think is still below average. I think that they are not as bad as last year, but the Rangers are just a good hockey team. Give me the Rangers in regulation. I think San Jose, after overtime, should be a little bit fatigued. Give me the Rangers and MSG. Yeah, yeah, um, agreed. Agreed. Even though it's it's not a a travel spot, I think that that overtime hockey has to take it out of you. And I, I do like the way the Rangers are playing. We talked about it. Last time, and I see nothing to make me want, not want to take them in regulation again. Um, they cash for us the other day when we had that. We'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, your Nets tonight, buddy. There's some talk about the uh, talk about the Nets. I know you're a. Uh, I know you're still a big Nets fan, laying seven and a half. You trust this team to lay seven and a half to anybody, even if it is the T Wolves? Uh, no, I know I got a disagreement in the comment section when I said that I like the Knicks plus the points. 
against the Nets earlier in the week because I didn't trust the Nets laying this many points, and they're laying basically the same amount against the Minnesota team that has been mediocre because they're 11-11. But Towns is questionable, which is why it seemed like this line has gone up a bit. It has not been confirmed if he's officially out or not, so it seems like he's a game-time decision. We'll wait and see. But the Nets are a team that's 15-6. and They're the one seed in the Eastern Conference. However, if you look at their games, they don't win by a lot of margin. They're a team that seems to always be in one-possession games late in the fourth quarter. So I don't really want to lay that much with the Nets. If I'm playing, give me the points. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Brooklyn eight twelve and one against the number, and uh, they've been they've been pretty overvalued at home as far as covering the spread goes. So yeah, it's it's one of those situations where as a fan you're happy. Nets having a good season first in the East. If you're a better and you like and you back the Nets, you're fucking pissed at them. So if you watch the Nets, it's never easy. They'll win games, but the fourth quarter is always a sweat. I see a question from Jacob about the Jets in regulation against the Devils at minus one hundred five. I have to like that. If you're looking at the spot for New Jersey. It's a brutal spot. They got buried by Minnesota yesterday. Now they're traveling to Canada. You believe the last two games, the Wild killed them and the Sharks killed them. So it seems like the Jersey, uh, the New Jersey Devils kind of peaked a little bit too early, and now they're falling back down to earth because they can't stop other teams from scoring. I have to like Winnipeg there. I think the Devils defensively are a mess. I wouldn't mind the team total over there for the Jets as well. You know, I'm not thrilled to get involved with either one of these teams with the with the Jets uh, losing six of their last seven. I know they, I know they're at home, but this is a team uh, that pu- uh, puked on their shoes the last time at home against Arizona. Uh, decent price. Uh, you got two bad hockey teams right now, Scott. I'm looking at the travel spot there. I do think minus 105 does seem quite appealing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. When when all things being equal, and that includes when they're both on the equal side of the shitty scale, yeah, fade fade the travel and the and the visitors there. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. hate, I don't I don't hate that, but I just I'm not going to put much more than pizza money on the Jets at this point. That's that's all I'm saying. Uh cracking on the money line, buddy. Are you crack Are you cracking on the money line tonight, Scott? As much as I enjoy the Kraken, I am not picking them to win this game because I think that Edmonton team is, well, pretty talented. Let's put it that way. They're they've, good at home, but I'm going to stay away. They've got some scores. I, I watched I watched the end of that game the other night, and they were... Uh, that uh, McDavid kid, pretty good. I've heard that. I've heard that about him. Um, yeah, it's an Oilers team that's won five of their last six. Of course, it's a... Uh, it's a Kraken team. Break up the Kraken, buddy. They've lo- they've won four of their last uh, they've won four of their last six as well. So I picked them to make the playoffs because the Pacific Division is atrocious. They You're have right. some work to do, but they got a shot there. They're very good at home. The real question is, do I think the Kraken can keep up with the real just talent from the likes of McDavid and Drysidle, or even just the power play? If the Kraken are going to win, they really need to stay out of the penalty box because that Edmonton power play is really something else yeah yeah it's 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 almost it's almost unstoppable at this point it really is and it's one of the best power plays i've ever seen it's it's yeah it's fantastic and even me with my limited hockey knowledge uh recognize how good it is so that that means that means it's good by the way um kansas minus six and a half oh rock rock chalk um let me see. Who would win, a Jayhawk or a Red Storm? <laughs> you gotta like the Red Storm. The re- you always go with nature in those questions. Oh, this is this is interesting, Scott, because I know St. John's is a team that 
uh, you follow quite a bit for geographical reasons, and I follow the Jayhawks, even though I despise them for geographical reasons as well. Jayhawks laying seven on the road. I'm not sure I trust this Kansas team. But then again, Scott, St. John's, they've had a couple of bumps this season as well. What are your feelings on this game? Should be The St. John's team, I said, I thought would be a tournament team uh, by season, by regular season's end, and they have not made it easy. That is, by the uh, way, that is a good time Indiana to be a tournament would've... team. That's, yeah, that's you uh, really that should, definitely true. should be one by that time. A win against Indiana would have definitely helped. However, they lost by two very close game throughout. They kept it close. They're five and one though. They have not really looked that good against out of conference teams, which I expect because St. John's does that every year. They struggled against uh, St. Francis, Brooklyn struggled against NJIT. That game went to overtime, I believe. And they ended up winning that one. So I have not been impressed by what I've seen from the red storm lately. The question that I have is, can St. John's force enough turnovers against Kansas to win this game? Because Kansas is a team that's more talented. It's obvious they're a top eight team in the country. However, I do have questions about the actual just guard play from Kansas in general. I do think that the big men for Kansas should have a bit of an advantage because I do like the size they have on the interior. And I am a big fan of McCormick. I think McCormick's just a very solid player. So I do like him, but you're looking at... Braun, Remy Martin, I think is pretty solid as well. If St. John's can't generate turnovers, they're going to have problems in this game. It's either Kansas or pass for me, but I'm just going to not play this game. You? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I like I like this St. John's team. I think they're a team that's ultimately going to come together. The I really thought the Jayhawks were going to uh were going to roll through the season. That that lost to Dayton the other night was uh was kind of a surprise, obviously, but I think it may have served as a wake-up call. Um, they came out and they uh, took care of business uh, in their uh, in their next game against uh, against you know a pretty scrappy Iona team that you've seen. Yeah, Iona beat Alabama, so that's a respectable team. That's what I'm saying. So there's a uh, if you wanted to have a letdown there, you certainly would, could have had an opportunity uh, to to do that, but they didn't. They took care of uh, uh, they took care of their uh, their business against Iona, but. Tonight I'm with you. I've got a small lean towards KU. Um, I think if obviously I think if the, both these teams play at their peak, I think KU's uh, eight to ten points better than St. John's right now. But that's no yeah. Guarantee. This is the no first guarantee. game ever. This is the first basketball game ever taking place in the UBS arena. So they are playing it in the Islanders arena instead of MSG. But I just look at the size on these teams. Besides Soriano, does St. John's really have anybody else that can really match up? If Soriano gets into foul trouble, they're going to get killed on the boards. Yeah, and I see that happening. Yeah, that's 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 absolutely true because they've uh, they've got they've got McCormick and they've got, of course, your favorite player, Scott Mitch Lightfoot. That's uh, not forty five year uh, college guy. Not getting a ton of minutes right now, but he is making the he's is making the best of uh, of what he does. And Jalen Wilson has been. Uh, very good for the Jayhawks so far. So and you also got to mention uh, Agbaji, who's been very good. Yes, ab- absolutely. I mean, he's a lottery pick. I think he's very good. <laughs> UBS, not home team friendly. See the New York Islanders. <laughs> yes. Still over. But they got a point yesterday. They got their first point in the UBS arena yesterday. So there's that. Baby baby steps, Bob. Did you, did you miss the Uf- UFC picks? Have you done a UFC video? I did not. I will do that most likely some point tonight. Any action in Bellator tonight? You had a great piece of advice for Bellator betters a couple of weeks ago. You want to uh, you want to recap that? 
Uh, yeah, when in doubt, bet the favorites. Uh, just the way Bellator goes. Occasionally, of course, with fights, you'll see a long shot win every now and then. For the most part, you'll see a bunch of large chalk parlays all over Twitter. They usually hit. Laying juice does have merit in Bellator because you can really tell there is a massive talent differential in most cases between the favorites and the underdogs in Bellator in comparison to the UFC. He says the best Bellator card possibly ever tonight, says uh, says Magellan Sports, says, uh, and it was dog-heavy last card. So suck uh, it. Yeah, last card was dog-heavy. I'm saying most cards tend to be very, very favorite. Uh, let's just say favorite. Uh, I, I don't even know. The favorites usually win. Let's put it that way. So to recap, when betting Bellator, usually the fighter that is favored will win the fight. Occasionally... One of the fighters, favor the the fighters who is a longer shot will win the fight, right? Yes, but I'm saying it's different in Bellator compared to other sports because there are larger favorite lines in comparison to Bellator and UFC. You will see a lot more minus six hundreds, minus eight hundreds in Bellator compared to UFC because the talent gap is so huge. Now, if you want to actually talk about Bellator, the card itself, I'm rooting for Sergio Pettis. I'm hoping he wins. I think you're getting a decent price on him. I do think that Horiguchi is pretty good, but I do think that Pettis is being a bit disrespected by this line. So I'm actually going to look to Pettis. But in terms of actual, I love this play. I don't have many of those on this card. Are are you what are you, are you using a flashlight? Do you have light? You what are you talking like, about? You look like you're in the dark. You're all shadowy, and you got, you got the candle go out. What the hell are you doing there? Uh, no, one light bulb actually went out, and I had to replace it. And I guess the light bulb I replaced it with was a little bit more dim than the previous well, one. Like, what did you replace it with? An apple? Good lord. I replaced it with a light bulb, but I <laughs> guess it wasn't fluorescent enough. All right. <laughs> Very good, man. You just uh, you kind of you look scary there, buddy. It's, and you kind of look like you have a, a pointed ZZ Top beard. It's, it's, it's an interesting look. Thank oh, you. Okay, so women go crazy about a sharp dress, man. Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, Dustin Poirier uh, minus one fifty-five. Think the juice is worth it, buddy. I know you're a Poirier fan. I think that the exact method of outcomes a better way to go about it. I think I, por- taking Poirier by knockout would be my move. I like Oliveira. I respect what he's done, but he almost got knocked out by Michael Chandler in the first round of that fight. If you remember it, I know that Oliveira came back and took his head off the following round. But he was really about two seconds away from losing, from not even getting the title in the first place. Poirier, I think, is the best fighter in the weight class. He's got the power. He's got the durability. And I do think that he is good enough all around to avoid getting absolutely dominated on the ground by Oliveira. I'm looking at Poirier by knockout. I do think he has enough power to really just rock Oliveira. Give me Poirier by knockout. Okay. All right. Um... Before we get to the plays, I do want to remind everybody, I'm I'm really bad. Don't forget to listen to uh, don't forget to listen to my pal Chris King over there doing just parlays. I know they hit I know they hit another one yesterday, and uh, I know he's got a, a segment where they kind of like throw some some long shots in there, and they've been uh, really really uh, doing well. So make sure you uh, make sure you check that show out every day 1:30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, right here on the YouTube's on the what Scott? What are we calling it? Uh, it's the uh, oh boy, 
uh, the Winners and Winers Sports Gambling Network. Oh, so close. So close. Damn it. Sports Betting Network. Okay. It's the Gambling, du- the, betting. The WWSBN to your friends. All right. So. Okay, SBN. Yes. I, okay. Very good. Either way. Uh, uh, JR, to answer your question, which of those would I bet the farm with, Cornell, Quinnipiac, or Charleston? My argument would be if you want to bet the farm on Cornell, Quinnipiac, or Charleston, you should probably go to a meeting. Hi. Just saying. Hi, my name is Scott. Just saying. I like College of Charleston. Mm-hmm. T-Train says his wife likes my shirt. <laughs> okay, Tony, I got a funny story about this shirt because I'm picking out shirts the other day. I'm ordering shirts, looking at them on Amazon. My wife says, you need another orange shirt. And I'm like, are, are, we, are we fucking directing traffic somewhere? This this shirt, it is it is. I did not realize it was actually going to be shiny on camera. So I think I think she's just trolling me. I think she's messing with me. You need another orange shirt. You're just no no. No one needs another orange shirt. Or the short answer to that, would, Tony, would be to tell Kimmy thank you very much for the compliment. He said the only time he wears a shirt like that is when it's duck season. <laughs> I agree uh, with Rachel wearing a bright red shirt. I'd like to see that. And by the way. Tune into the NFL show tomorrow because I will be wearing the Dallas Cowboy garb because I, I lost. Oh, you got the, it. Look bit. at you. I did. <laughs> orange prison is how. Yes, orange. Orange is the new black. Absolutely. Um, you got any final thoughts for uh, for plays before we get to it? Before we uh, before we head out to the back forty and check out our new land? Uh, yeah, I see some people asking. I don't know if it's because of your shorter in general that they'd like us to do a live tennis show. <laughs> I'm a big fan of tennis, so if we actually want to do tennis, people might remember a couple of years ago I actually gave out a decent amount of tennis plays. I still give out the occasional Grand Slam play. I wouldn't be against doing a tennis show. I wouldn't mind it. Um, sure, that's that. That nothing would delight me more than to talk for about tennis for two hours every fucking day. I just I think the only thing that would delight you more would be talking about NASCAR for two plus hours. I, I well, you know. Uh... I like I like We could bo- do NASCAR. We could bring it back. I like I like both of those sports. I just I don't feel I have enough knowledge to be profitable as a better. That's my that's my problem. I like watching tennis. I like a good tennis match. I like I will even bet on an occasional tennis match. And sometimes I even win. I just I, I I would not add much value to that show is what I'm is what I'm saying to you. So Zach Vaughn votes for NASCAR. We, we were do- good in NASCAR. We, we I, were. I, the numbers. I, we, I think I was up like 18 units in we NASCAR. Were, we, we were did. all profitable. We were all profitable in NASCAR betting. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. That was that was some of the most fun we had. when We were we did a three-man show, and then you and I did like our pandemic NASCAR stuff last year mm-hmm. uh, because nothing else was going on. It was, it was, it was NASCAR and golf, baby. Uh, my advice for anybody, I know that uh, Magellan Sports is talking about live tennis. If you want to try to get underdogs – just assume that every female tennis player that's serving is going to get broken. It really helps you out with live lines because a lot of them are really awful at serving. That's T- my tip, my T- brief tip there. T train worked for NASCAR for thirty-one years, dude. What you what did you do? Did, and I hate the delay that he can't answer right away. But in a minute, we'll see that. He, is it true that rubbing is racing? Rubbing, is true? rubbing T- is rubbing is racing. That's that's right in the rule book, mm-hmm. man. Uh, WTA is great. I know there is a lot of, well, I don't know a lot, but there are a few really good hand, uh, tennis handicappers that make a, uh, a fortune. Um, Nathan Cernan says, I'm not, I don't feel appreciated here. Have we missed you, buddy? Uh, have we, have we missed some Nathan comments? I, I knew, uh, 
I'm I'm terrible at this. Uh, I see Jennifer asking about MLS playoffs. Unfortunately, as a Red Bulls fan, my team gave up a goal in the 123rd minute to lose the damn first round. Uh, yeah, I, I we could talk about soccer briefly some other time, but as a Red Bulls fan, it's been a pretty annoying year. Uh, well, I can do you one better. Sporting gave up two goals in the last 18 minutes to uh, to lose last week. I remember that. Yeah, they celebrated right in front of you. I remember mm, that. Brutal. Um, yeah. Nathan says he's been giving out gifts left and right. Okay, guys. I, I It is my bad. It is never a sign of disrespect. I've, I hope I tell you this enough. But if I haven't, the comments come quickly. I'm doing other things here as far as, as, far as putting up the graphics and stuff like that. I am going to miss... A lot of comments. I apologize in advance. It's never meant as a slight. It's just when I pop in and I see and I'll read some. So uh, anyway, Nathan, thanks for giving out picks. Thanks to everybody that gives out picks. Number one, thanks for taking the time to stop. Check it out. Put your comments in. Number two, y'all are good cappers. So thanks very much for putting the picks in because they're usually valuable and they're usually winners. A lot of, a lot of winning stuff. Uh, from our viewers and listeners. I see somebody asking, by the way, about Portland against Real Salt Lake. I gotta like Portland for MLS soccer. They've played three times in 2021. Portland's won all three. The last two games have outscored them nine to two. Portland's the best team in the league. So yeah, I don't mind taking Portland there. CFL asked Jennifer Luz. Yes. I we do not spend time on CFL. I You spend more time on CFL than I do. Yes, I like I like the CFL. I'll make an occasional play. I'll watch the games. I would call myself an uh, a casual fan of the CFL. I wish I had time to be a bigger fan because I love the game. I I dig the I would love to see the NFL take the CFL rules. It's just more of a it's more of a Canadian mon- mentality, dude, like just what the fuck, let's just do it. Uh, as opposed to the more buttoned-down NFL. Um, I like that a lot. So, Do we cover boxing? Occasionally. Yes. Occasionally we cover boxing. Yes. Not often, but if there's a big fight, we'll talk about it. Yep, absolutely true. Um, T-Train says most are good cappers. Carrot sucks. Uh, Carrot's all about the volume, brother. What just happened? Dude, long time no here. Good to have you here. Uh, finally catching out. Love the Scots. Absolutely. We love you guys back. Um, in fact, we love them so much, Scott. Why don't we give out a great play? What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. You ready? All right, let's do it, everybody. Well, whoo, nothing to it, my friend. Let's have everybody confidently put on their straw hats today, climb aboard your John Deere tractor, and get ready for a little drive. we got to head to the back 40 and inspect the new property because it's time once again to bet the farm. <laughs> nope. I'm not going to read comments, and if I'm not going to do the cues correctly, what the fuck am I even doing here? That's what I'm asking. Uh, okay. So, Scott, we had a little bet the farm play yesterday. How did it go? We won something. Yeehaw. No, you missed, you completely missed the cue where it was. Uh, truth is the thing kind of lagged out right towards the end. So I just guesstimated. All right. Well, we did get a yeehaw to do it at some point though. I remember to do it. We did get a yeehaw out of you. Not to be confused with yeet, but that's a pretty close. So let's, uh, let's get ready to bet the farm kids. And this is going to be a play that we talked a little bit about on the show yesterday. 
And we talked a lot about the um, UTSA game in Western Kentucky. We didn't talk quite as much about this one, which should be another offensive showcase. We like the Pitt Panthers over 37. A couple reasons why. First of all, uh, Pitt, they can put some points on the board under the worst of circumstances. They average 42.8 points per game, 38 points per game in ACC play, and that's against average defenses. This Wake Forest defense someday dreams of being average. They have been terrible against every offensive team with a pulse. Uh, take Duke and, Bo- and BC out of the equation. They have given up 50, 51 points per game in their last four, including in that list is a Clemson team that hadn't been able to score on anyone. Both of these teams, when you look at whether to bet a total, you have to look at pace. Both of these teams go at a breakneck pace. Wake is number two in the nation, while the Pitt Panthers are number four. You are going to see some plays and get some opportunities to put the biscuit in the basket. And finally, Pitt, they rank number six in yards per game. Kenny Pickett, perhaps you've heard of him. He is a Heisman contender at this point. He will be going to New York to sit in his chair and watch someone else win, but he is number two in the nation. Who's he number two to? Scott, who's number one again? Uh, For efficiency, I believe it's Bennett. No, touchdown passes. Oh, touchdown passes, Zappy. Yeah, sorry, it's Bailey Zappy. Bailey Zappy with fifty-two, but he has forty. Pick it. Thirty-minute efficiency it. numbers, because I know I know that the efficiency numbers are really high for uh for yeah. Bennett. Hey, well, we we <laughs> man, we were going so smoothly. Anyway, Pickett's very good. Number two in the nation, touchdown passes. He's the shit. He's going to be playing on Sundays. We love this play. That's there's just there's just no other way around it, guys. Um, we absolutely love this play. So get yourself down on this one uh quickly address something i see that jennifer is talking about kenny pickett with the flu he actually had the flu earlier this week but he did return to practice and he's gonna play so the flu might have been an issue if the game was on monday but it's not so pickett's back to 100 we're good give us the team total over the one thing we're going to say about the flu in this one at the end of it it flew over the total (laughs) yeah give us pit team total over 37 all right guys that's the bet the farm play for today that's our show for today that's our show for the week of course tune in tomorrow on saturday regular time 3 p.m eastern 2 p.m central we'll be breaking down the nfl but other than that join us every day right here 3 p.m eastern 2 p.m central as we head back to the window part of the ever burgeoning wwsbn the winners and winners sports betting network Guys, have a great weekend. Thanks again for being part of the proceedings. We'll see you Monday, or even better, we'll see you tomorrow. Take care, everybody.